Hello and welcome to the Rigori Podcast, the show where a controversial view is as certain as a yellow card for Stefano Sturaro. I'm Giancarlo Rinaldi and we're back after a little break. Uh, my co-host spent it on the Bridge of Sighs, I spent it on the Buclue Street Bridge. Uh, I think he only went to Venice to avoid talking about the 1-0 hammering that Venezia got from Fiorentina. But however, luckily enough, he came back and witnessed another hammering anyway. Marco, how are you doing? Uh, yeah, I've been better for, for football footballing reasons and non-footballing reasons this week. Covid has hit our household, which is not great. But um, I did have a lovely time in Venice and fortunately didn't see much of the aforementioned game against your boys but it did look I think a 1-0 hammering is a fair description of that game because it didn't look like we mu- we we did very much in that game at all I don't think you nobly failed to venture over the halfway line yeah, for exactly. most of yeah. for most of the game which is it does give us a chat although Fiorentina being generous to a fault did try to mess it up in the last 10 minutes but even they couldn't achieve that against a team that that wouldn't venture anywhere near our goal so that was that but we'll leave that behind that could have been a wonderful special of the derby <laughs> of the cousins but we we unfortunately missed that but we're back a eh, bigger and bigger and better than ever and always recording on the Sunday night after another twist and turn in the Scudetto battle it was a weekend where defenders and goalkeepers seem to be doing their best to sabotage their own team's chances and at the end of uh, at the end of Lazio Milan tied at, at one all looking like it was going to be a point a piece that wasn't really great for either team uh, what exactly did Adam Marusic get up to for Lazio it was bizarre. I mean, he could have just booted it out for a throw-in. You know, it it was one of those ones. I do. I think actually he got put off because Ibra, I think, did do a run towards the goalkeeper to cut off that back pass, and that seemed to confuse him. So I'm not. But he, yeah, literally, he could have booted the ball anywhere instead of just turning and letting Rebic take it off him. And then Tonali finds the net and yep. Milan. I mean, we've got to say we've been a bit Milan sceptics on, mm-hmm. on this show, I think it's fair to say. And, and, you know, squad for squad, I still think Inter are the strongest. And, you know, with their, with their extra game, they, you know, they, they probably will win the Scudetto. But, I mean, credit to Milan, they fought right to the end. It wasn't always pretty, but they have got a hell of a, a, hell of a spirit about them. Yeah, they do. They've definitely got a great team spirit and that's obviously carried them a long way and they do have um, I mean as you say we've been Milan sceptics they do have good players but I just feel as a as a whole even the commentators in BT Sport were saying tonight as well you know they're achieving above what their squad on paper would would what you would expect of that squad I think and I think even Milan fans would probably agree with that but um, so it's made it an exciting race Um I, I'd like you, I still think Inter, looking at the games that are coming up, I still think Inter will nudge it. But you never know, the pressure might get to them again like it did the last time. So, yeah, it's going to be an exciting finish. Anyway. It's after years of watching Juve stroll to titles, it's certainly something that, you know, I think neutrals, obviously fans of both teams will be um, enjoying it, but I think neutrals will be saying, well, okay, mm-hmm. you know, we've touched on this before that maybe the standard isn't the greatest and you have to accept from, you know, um, Italian teams are only battling for the Europa 
conference league yeah. at the moment, so you know you have to accept that the overall standard of Serie A isn't great. But at least this product, and that was another cracking night's entertainment. It wasn't? Yeah, it was. I don't think it was the best football in the world, but it was uh, it was fairly epic, and you know you could see what it meant to the Milan players certainly on the final whistle. And I mean, hats off to Stefano Pioli. I would say that he's he's done a he's done an amazing job. If he does get them, you know, even to get them this close, I think is an achievement. If he if he gets them across the the finish line, then. They should really be putting up a statue at the, I think the, so, the San Siro for him. But enough of that top of the table malarkey. We, it wouldn't be us, I don't think, if we didn't look elsewhere for the weekend's big story. And listening to our accents, um, you'll know that um, in all things Scottish are also dear to us. And it was a historic weekend in Serie A. The first time we think, um, brushing through the stats book, um, that Two Scotsmen have scored in Serie A on the same the same weekend. Yeah. Uh, incredible. I mean, they've both been doing well, but Liam Henderson and Aaron Hickey finding the net mark a great weekend to be a to be a Scottish fan of Serie A. Yeah, no, it's great. I mean, I'm, both of those players have really fitted in well. Henderson's been in Italy for a few years now at various different clubs. Obviously, enjoys it, and you know, I, I think he he Henderson in particular brings that. Sort of um, to an Italian anyway, stereotypical workman like, busy, uh, running about everywhere uh, performance. But he, he's he's really effective f- uh, for Empoli this season, and Hickey has done really well for Bologna as well. He scored a few goals, I think now. So um, yeah, great to see. Good. I, I'm just amazed that Hickey doesn't really get a game for Scotland at all. Well, I mean, I was going to say that. I mean, Hickey for Scotland, but what about Liam Henderson yeah. for Scotland as well? I mean, are, are Scotland so... I mean, I'm not an expert on the Scottish national team. I'd be the first one to hold my hand up and say that. But, you know, if a boy's doing it week in, week out in Serie A, surely he's got to get a... a at least a, a, at least a, have a closer look at him. You would think so, definitely, because... Yeah, you know, with respect to the Scottish League the, the, and taking into account what you were saying about the standard of Serie A at the moment, he is. these boys are playing against, they are playing against some world-class players every week and, and holding their own. So you would think at least get them in the squad and see what they can do. And, and to give historical context to this, I mean, when, when Hickey scored earlier in the season, it was the first time a Scotsman had scored in Serie A for, I think it was like the it was since Graham Souness anyway, certainly. Yeah. So we're talking the mid-80s was the last time. And then, obviously, the, he was the only one because Joe Jordan had just left at the time when Souness started. And prior to that, there was only Dennis Law. So, you know, unless there was someone playing when Johnny Moscardini was playing in the 1930s. I think this will be a historic yeah. weekend for Scottish players in Serie A. So um, hats off hats off to those boys. And as I say, you know, from a from a parochial Serie A standpoint, we'd like to see them both get a, get a crack with the, the national team. We, we understand it's difficult for Hickey because in, in pure Scottish bad luckness, Every great player seems to play in the, <laughs> yeah, in the right. same position, which is a bit which is a bit harsh. But um, however, that's nonetheless as I say, a historic weekend for uh, for us for we who discuss our our culture with a Scottish accent. It was it was great to see both those both those boys scoring. Now, as you know, we like to look at the 
lower end of the table and we've been watching that. Do we? Well, we've, we've been watching, <laughs> yes, I believe we do, Marco. You tell me that we do. So, uh, you know, we've been watching that that battle um, unfold over the season for who can who can survive. And um, painful for for both of us in, in different ways to watch today the, the Salernitana fairy tale um, gathering momentum and, you know, saw Fiorentina today to really give themselves, with the way other results have gone, it's genuinely given Salernitana a right good push towards potential survival. I mean, that, that surely, Marco, that would be one of the feel-good stories of the season if they were to come from nowhere and, uh, and, and stay afloat, wouldn't it? Yeah, I saw this all over uh, Twitter today, you know, the the fairy tale of Salernitana, nine points in three games when they only had eight points in the first 18 or something like that. But um, I, I I am not partaking in, in, in this fairy tale. Uh, I really, I, I don't know, Salernitana and Venezia over the past few seasons have had a bit of a, they've been our bogey team, I suppose, and I have no love for them. So, you know, I think, I've, I've said it on here and I've said it on Twitter, I think they probably are playing the best football of the bottom four. I think Genoa and Cagliari are pretty rubbish. I think we're rubbish. Um, but all that said, I would love to beat them and take them down with us <laughs> at this stage and, and burst that fairy tale that's, before it gets going. That's the spirit. That's the feel-good spirit that we've come to expect on this podcast, to think that you would... You would like take them down. You'd puncture your own life vest and puncture yeah. theirs as well, and drown drown the pair exactly. of you. Yeah, that's that's the spirit. That's the spirit. I mean, today, I mean, I I had the misfortune of watching them today, um, and I found it quite curious because I mean, fair play they beat Fiorentina and hats off and all that, but for ten minutes they absolutely bossed Fiorentina and, mm-hmm. and they got their goal, and then then they stopped. And I don't know, I mean, it's a typical Italian thing, really, that, you know, they would, they looked so good that it looked to me like a formality that they could have done a Torino to Fiorentina and got two, three goals to the good because they were so dominant and Fiorentina were so hesitant. But instead of going for the jugular, they sort of pulled the oars in and went back into defence. And yeah, it was, I mean, ultimately it worked out, so I suppose you could say well done to Davide Nicola. But... Fiorentina did get back into the game and then, you know, it was only by one of the weekend's legendary pieces of defending that we saw that they actually got the, the three yeah. points. I mean, as I say, that, you know, that, that sounds churlish because, you know, they, they played well enough to win the game, absolutely. You know, I'm not, not trying to make excuses for Fiorentina, but if you do play the ball straight out to an opposition player and then control it, in your own box, about three yards in front of your goalkeeper, you are asking for you are asking for trouble. I mean, I did see somebody suggesting they were inspired substitutions, but I think it was more to do with Igor, who's been brilliant for Fiorentina this season, but for whatever reason, failing to clear a ball quickly enough. You know, yeah. it was a a series of. Um, Amazing events that, that really that really got yeah. them the three points today, you know. So that th- I, mean, I haven't watched closely enough their previous games, but you know, as I say, to me, if they could produce the football that they produced in the first ten fifteen minutes, yeah, they're a shoe in because I did have the misfortune to watch a large slice of Genoa against Cagliari, and that was 
like you know if if you said to me watch the paint dry outside your house <laughs> i think i would rather i mean that was it was a master stroke of um tedium really that i think yeah. blessing just lulled Calgary into a false sense of security by playing the most dull football in the world for 80 minutes and then amazingly I mean it tells you something when Milan Badelli scores yeah. a goal then you know that you know I, I think that's probably maybe when you, you felt the writing was on the wall for Venezia if not before when a man like that scores a winning goal to put your team even deeper into trouble then it's a it is a bad sign, but I mean, I think I think your summation is right. That Salernitana at least are capable of the of the best football out of the out of the sides here. I mean, when does the the match of Vendetta take place, Marco? When is that? Who knows? It keeps getting pushed back yeah. because Venezia keep keep appealing pointlessly because we all know what the result is going to be. I don't know. They must their lawyer must be very convincing to get to get them to keep doing it but it seems utterly pointless but so I think at the moment it was meant to be the 27th of April it's now the 5th of May um, we'll see if it goes ahead then it may not matter at that stage do, certainly won't matter for us I don't think. <laughs> do, but do they have information about the length of player contracts at Salernitana yeah I know <laughs> I, I, are they trying I, to push it I think it they're back? trying to push it beyond the end of the season in some way and, and until that. until Simone Verdi's left or something yeah, exactly, that's the, yeah. the hope I mean it's, yeah. it's, 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 a, it's a shame but I mean not that I, not that so much but was it was it a, a foregone conclusion the, the Atalanta game for Venezia was there was there any bright spots in that in that defeat well I mean we we scored a good goal that was just offside Aaron we played a lovely ball to Henri scored a good header that would have put us 1-0 up and again it's just one of these things we we just don't have any luck you know he wasn't much offside um, but he was just offside and we've just not had that luck and once a goal goes in then that and again the goal was first got bounced off Ampadu who who was our best player deflected onto the bar and then let Pasolic tap it in and then start of the second half Svoboda does as usual falling over and let Muriel pass the ball for the second goal so yeah it, it, we're we're done we look like a team that is just all at sea we actually looked better once he made all the changes and brought some people on but. I just think that the belief, whatever belief there was, is now gone and we're sinking fast and we probably are going to finish bottom at this rate. Should they have, should they have sacked him? Should they have sacked your coach? I mean, I, I find it admirable that they've shown faith in him, but they, they play seem to sort of, whatever the opposite of evolution is, yeah. play seems to have gone. Because I say, I, obviously, I've, I've watched them a few times this season but it does seem that things have gone backwards. And I remember talking to you before the season, you said, oh, he's a man that likes to kind of play an attacking mm. football. He likes to try, but that seems to have died a death. Yeah, I think he's he's not sure what he's doing. He's not. He's never been sure what his best starting 11 is. And he's kind of lost his way. But that said, I don't... I mean, yeah, would a change of manager, maybe that would have been the shock that we needed. And maybe an old experienced hand would have been able to give us a fight to, towards the end of the season. But the, really, the, the the main issue is the players that we bought, both at the start of the season, but they, you know, some of them were okay. But in January, January transfer window was a disaster. We gave Mazzocchi a right back to Salernitana. He's been great for them. 
we didn't even have someone lined up. Um, we sold Forte, who was a good option up front, and we bought in Sammy, who is just, I mean, I think he was coming back from a cruciate injury or something, but he looks completely unfit. Um, and the, I read this week, bizarrely, that they're going to get rid of um, Mattia Colauto and Paolo Poggi at the end of the season and keep this Alex Menta, who is the, he's sort of the moneyball guy uh, that has found all these players. And he was solely in charge of the January transfer window. And we're keeping him and getting rid of the other two. I, I don't know, maybe there's a method to that madness, but it just seems crazy. I can't see Zanetti staying. Should he stay? I don't know. I, th- I still think he's a good manager, but I think he hasn't been given the right squad this season. And I just think he wasn't sure what to do, especially after the January transfer window with the players. He couldn't find what his best 11 was, and it, it's just contributed to a massive downfall, unfortunately. And talking about not knowing what to do, just a, a last mention where we've touched on Liam Henderson scoring for Empoli, but um, Alex Meret with Napoli and seemingly cruising to, to victory. Yeah. I mean, I think this certainly, to me, took the clincher for even, it was one of these sort of, you know, Fiorentina say, you know, we'll show you how to mess up a game and Napoli said, hold my beer. It was one of those, it was one of those moments. I mean, did you see much of that? And, and you know, what, what went on? We've been sort of um, kind of rooting for Napoli as the as the outsider and underdog of the Scudetto race, but today was was surely the 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 kind of the tombstone being put on that. Yeah, definitely it was. I mean, yeah, it was it was shocking by merit, and I don't know. It's just funny, isn't it? In some games, that if a team gets a goal, a panic sets in amongst the players. Obviously, it happened with Venezia against Verona when we were three 0 up. I managed to lose it. Um, and and yeah, it happened. This it was exactly the same sort of thing happened today. Just people people that have been doing okay just do incredible things. I mean, yeah, Merritt did the equivalent of what Igor did essentially um, as a defender. But when you're a goalkeeper, it's even worse. <laughs> um, and then yeah, I don't know. Unfortunately, that's the end for them in terms of the scudetto. And it's a sad way for Insigne to to go off on his. Early retirement to Toronto. <laughs> well, it is, and then I mean, I just I know it, it, it beggar belief. As I say, an Empoli hadn't won a game in about five thousand no. five thousand years. They were rivaling us. Yeah, yeah, since <laughs> they last. I mean, you and, and Genoa, I think, are the teams that that least like to win games. So yeah. it was it was an extraordinary weekend in that regard. That Empoli won. You know, Genoa won. Salernitana. One, they only hadn't won a lot of games either, you know. So it was yeah. a, it was an extraordinary weekend, and that, you know, that. So it's another twist in the, in this. Well, we saw a twist in the Scudetto battle again, another in the relegation, and obviously with with Fiorentina, Lazio, and Ro- yeah. Roma all losing, it puts Atalanta back into the mix for for that that those European places so mm-hmm. it's exciting times, although as I say, it was depressing times for, for you and I as, uh, once again, you know, just to come back with a bang and uh, and be and be glum and glummer once again it's, um, it's unfortunate we, st- we started this podcast a season too late unfortunately, yeah, yeah that, last season it would have been much better, yeah well well, <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe, I mean not so much for I not mean, so much for Fiorentina, no, glow 
globally, it's been a yeah. it's been a decent yeah. Fiorentina yeah. season. But as I say, this weekend yeah. was not a was not a memorable mm. one. And I mean, I hats off to Salernitana, but uh, you know, we were certainly partly architects in our in our own downfall in that. Anyway, Marco, been great to have you back, and I hope uh, I hope COVID gets lost and mm-hmm. you know and something miraculous happens on the the lagoons and they they find goals for that venezia team so they can at least have hope until the end of the season that would be or we just beat salernitana and, and drag them, them drag them down drag them down well you know i mean it's similar feelings to my own when uh when the uh, queen of the south drew with the air united at the weekend i thought well <laughs> if we're going down i hope you come down with us as well so that's the the misery of the of the football fan but uh, if you've enjoyed a uh, wallowing in our misery please always um share the share the podcast give us a like um we're rigori pod on twitter you know so um Give that a share as well, and tell your tell your friends and even Salernitana fans if if you know any that um, to, they can laugh at me. To tune exactly, you know they can take pleasure in your suffering when they yeah. when they beat you in in a couple of weeks' <laughs> yeah. time or whenever the whenever the lawyers yeah. rule that, that that game can can take it. So please join us again next week for more for more calcio chat. See you then.